Hello and welcome to the May 7th, 2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is awesome to have everybody here with me today. And, of course, it's always wonderful to be out there with you as well. And it's been approximately a week. And as I anticipated, um, really relatively after I broadcasted my last podcast was that I probably was not going to make it back to my recording device anytime soon. Work became, I guess you could say, absolutely, I don't want to use the word unbearable, uh, but literally not a single minute to myself, not a single minute really to my family. By the time I've been getting home each and every night, I'm lucky if I get to spend, you know, half hour with uh, Mickey And by the time he goes to bed, the baby is just about out. Barbie will be out within minutes. And then I try to spend some time with my wife, but before you know it, we're both exhausted as well. So a lot going on in terms of changes, I guess you could say. Uh, Definitely trying my best to adjust to this new lifestyle, so to speak, whereas... I've never really wanted my job to be the center point or the focal point of my life. And I, and I strongly recommend to everybody out there that you don't allow that to ever happen. And I will say this. The only reason why it is happening with Mr. Joe is because it's a brand new business that I'm solely responsible for. And when I say solely responsible, there's only one person in this particular company that is above me. And that happens to be the owner of the company. And the owner of the company no longer lives in Mr. Joe's neighborhood. So essentially, it's all me. It's all me running it by myself. And I never really knew how difficult it would be to be, I guess, what you can call an operations director or, you know, directing an entire program from everything to hiring and terminating and training and uh, marketing, I mean, down to cleaning bathrooms in my own facilities. Uh, It's it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. Um, But with that being said, I've been able to manage it just fine. And we'll get into that in just a few minutes. I know I usually start with an update on myself, but I'd like to give you a quick update on my kids because I feel like we've been disconnected um, to some extreme based on my inability to broadcast or podcast as much as I'd like to. In a couple of days, my little baby girl, Barbie, she will be exactly two months old, which is extremely exciting. Uh, She's amazing. She really is. Uh, Just recently, she started sleeping through the nighttime, which is pretty awesome. I think last night she fell asleep about nine o'clock and she didn't wake up until 4.30. Again, that's not a full night, but you know what? My wife is a saint, so um, you know, when that 4.30 feeding comes along, 
if I'm not awake, which by the way, I have been, but we'll get into that in a moment again. Um, you know, I, I, I don't even hear it. Now, unfortunately, my younger guy, Mickey, has also joined the crowd in terms of waking up when little Barbie wakes up. So even if I was sleeping and I didn't hear what was going on at 4.30, anywhere between the hours of 5 and 6 a.m., he's up and he's screaming my name for me to go up and pick him up and um, you know, everybody's back in bed now. I think the last time I reported, um, or maybe not, um, my my wife had been falling asleep on the couch with the baby. It was just so difficult to get her to sleep. And nevertheless, the baby is now sleeping right next to us in her bassinet all night long. So mommy and daddy are back in the bed, and little Mickey cannot wait to get up in the morning because not that... listen. I enjoyed every moment of being able to snuggle and cuddle with him on my own. And I got to tell you, even when my wife is in the bed, he still comes to me. He still lays on me. It's almost like he's made the switch. And I love it. I love every part about it because let me tell you guys something. Last night when I put Mickey to bed, I went up into his room and you know, I laid him in his crib. And by the way, he's been having horrible nightmares so it's been a little bit more difficult the last two days to get him to go to sleep. Um, he, he just wants to be either with me downstairs. I mean, last night he was crying that he wanted to go into Sarah Lee's room. I said, what are you going to go in there for? I just want to lay down, Daddy. I just want to lay down with you. So, you know, he tells me when he gets up and he has a bad dream. And ironically, he's always able to tell me what the dream is about for the most part. Last time it was my wife decided to throw away all his toys and cars. <laughs> and I'm not surprised because a lot of times she will threaten him with that. And, you know, for the most part, those are empty threats, but those are things that my wife and I discuss on a private basis. And ultimately we end up agreeing on whatever disciplinary actions need to be taken with my children. Speaking of my children, or well, going back to me laying with my little guy last night as I put him to bed and finally got through the whole crying episode of wanting to stay with me and then finally feeling comfortable, I got to tell you guys, I laid down on the floor and I looked at him through his little crib bars. Oh, and by the way, fully fledged, able to climb out of his crib with no problem in the world. He nearly scared the living hell out of me the other night. I heard him calling me on the monitor. I guess I took too long because by the time I got there, he was waiting at the top of the steps for me. So you could only imagine how Mr. Joe felt about that one. But um, he's decided not to do it anymore because I told him if he does it, he's going to get a boo-boo. He's going to end up in the hospital. And he reminds me every night of why he's not going to climb out of that crib. But anyway, going back to me laying on the floor, I just, I just stared at this little guy through the crib bars. And I said to him, I said, I, I just, I'm so in love with you. I am so in love with that little boy. And, and uh, listen, I love each and every one of my children equally, 100% equally. I don't know if my little guy Mickey came into my life in a, in a different way. And what I mean by that is I'm older, I'm more mature, I'm more responsible. 
at least I think, and I guess just being a dad at this stage of my life is different. It really is. It's different. Um, I still have the same worries and the same problems for the most part that I had when I was younger, and that usually stems around money, but I don't know. I just feel more like a dad, and... Most importantly, I think what's happening with Mr. Joe is I'm once again, and I've talked about this in the past, I'm really struggling with thoughts of my older children in terms of when they were young. And at one time or another, it used to be just a collection of thoughts based on the happiness that I had with them, the good times. And again, most of the good times, or if not 99% of them, were myself and my two children alone without my ex-wife. Very strange, odd relationship, but nothing to be surprised about based on the stories that I've given everybody. Um, so it was always good memories, and I have to tell you that lately, the good memories have been in combination with some bad ones. And bad ones meaning... Somehow, some way, I've really been able to delve into my past in terms of my memory, whether it be looking at pictures or just plain old thinking. And what ends up happening is I revert back or remind myself to the times in which I was not a very good father, or at least nobody knew that I wasn't a good father. And what do I mean by that? I mean that I wasn't always doing the right things, obviously. I was out doing drugs at certain times in my life. I was um, running around, um, you know, I don't want to say cheating on my wife, but separating from my wife just so I could be with other women. Uh, do, doing a lot of stuff. I don't need to go over this again. Everybody understands where we've been and what we've done. But there is an overwhelming sadness that has come over me. Um, based on the past of my children. And you know what? To some extent, it is also based on the presence because, or the present time, because there's a part of me that feels like I am losing my children. And I don't mean in a way where my ex-wife is keeping them from me or having them dislike me or anything like that. I, I guess I was never fully prepared for what it was going to be like when my children became real teenagers and I never thought about how I was as a teenager and how unimportant my parents were during that period of my life. And for a short while, I thought I still had Junior, <laughs> meaning, you know, he was still kind of on his own. He wasn't really into his friends and... Um, now that has begun, so my 13-year-old has finally started to kind of hang out and chill with his buddies, and I could not be more happy for him, the fact that he's out and about and riding his bike and playing sports and doing all those wonderful things, whereas my older daughter, she's now okay with the fact that she broke up with a boyfriend because she found somebody new, and all the things that I told her were going to happen did happen, so she is in... I guess you could say la-la land as she's met a new guy and, again, doing all the things that teenage girls do. And I don't want to think too much about that because then it'll really drive me crazy because sooner or later, and probably sooner, I'm going to have to have a talk with my daughter. We had a very long talk when she was a little bit younger about the importance of being safe and 
um, sexual relationships, but I, I know this. I know my ex-wife doesn't even speak to her about any of this. If anything, my wife, who is her stepmother, has educated her more and spoken to her more about some of the private things that dads don't typically talk with their daughters about, but um, I will be. I will be, uh, because we do have that relationship. So it's, um, it's something that I need to bring up. It's something that makes me kind of sick, and you know. but I got to do what I got to do. So now, quick, quick switch over to Mr. Joe, because again, usually I report on my well-being, my, my state of mind in the first few minutes of our podcast. But for today, I've decided to at least go about 13, 14 minutes into our podcast, which is where we are at now, and talk about my current state, because it's not something that's going to last a few minutes. It's something that's going to take um, quite a few minutes to discuss. And we've been here before, but I feel for some reason like I haven't been here in quite some time, and I don't know if this is good or if this is bad. But I will tell you right now that Mr. Joe is experiencing a hypomanic episode in which I have not experienced in a long time. This is not mania by any stretch of the imagination, and I say that because I am not irritable. Mr. Joe knows when I step into full-blown mania, the irritability starts, the anger usually kicks in, and I'm nowhere near there. I am happy as hell. I really am. So now, what makes this different than any other hypomanic episode that Mr. Joe has podcasted on before? Well, really nothing. I mean, sleep, for the most part, has become non-existent, or at least when I fall asleep and I get up, whether it be one, two, four, it doesn't matter. I just want to stay awake. I have all the energy in the world to do what I want to do. When really in reality, what I want to do or what I should be doing is going back to sleep. So that is the first indication as to the hypomania setting in. And this has been going on, we're Tuesday now. So I'm going to go back to probably about Saturday uh, that I've been feeling this. And it's slowly built up, very slowly. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I could imagine that it's not going to be much longer. Either I'm going to go up into mania or I'm going to go straight down into a depression. But here is why I am focusing on this hypomanic episode more so than I have done in the past. And again, this topic is not something that we ever did not ever talk about. But for Mr. Joe, it has become the sole primary, I guess you could say, symptom of this hypomanic episode. And this also has taken me back to a vicious past this is scaring the living hell out of me, and this is what got me into financial trouble a very long time ago, and that is the unfortunate symptom that goes along with the highs and lows, well, not really the lows, the highs of bipolar disorder, where the money that we either have or don't have, and in Mr. Joe's case, I don't have, <laughs> is ultimately, it seems to be limitless and i have this desire to spend almost as if like you know what i'm smart this is very important i got to go spend i got to go get this and because i'm so intelligent 
I'm going to make this intelligent decision to go ahead and buy something completely ridiculous, which shows me that I've made progress to some extent, because at least here I could talk with everybody and explain that most of what I want to buy is complete nonsense, because as we all know, when the high ends in that crash, that feeling of regret and reality set in. And then ultimately, Mr. Joe is left with a bunch of drawers and closets and you know spaces within my house that are completely overwhelmed and stuffed with all kinds of garbage and unneeded items. And even more so, what used to be the problem in the past and has not occurred as of yet, at least during, not during this hypomanic episode, but most importantly no money in our wallets and no money in our checking and savings account and then within a month we get this gigantic credit card bill Mr. Joe has been there done that overspending splurges and it doesn't matter whether I'm buying the same Yankee, Met Colorado Rocky San Francisco Giant, by the way, you could tell I'm a baseball fan. Toronto Blue Jays, uh, I love all those teams. Whether I was buying the same t-shirt, but in 10 different colors, or setting up a trip to go around the entire universe, <laughs> obviously... This overspending, this splurging, this money crap that we engage in. Now, number one, that could really hurt our relationships, completely erase all of our financial security, and basically screw up all our plans for the future. And I have to tell you, based on what Mr. Joe did in the back, in the back in the days, while my future is not completely destroyed, I will say this, and I've reported on this in the past, I, I did have to claim bankruptcy at one point in my life. I had no choice. And I am not a person that wants to get out of my debts. I want to pay my debts. I always want to pay my debts. I always want to make sure I'm on time. But in this particular situation, there was no way, no how. And we say, well, how did that mesh up with for, for the future? And I got to tell you, Anytime I get denied of anything, it's always because of that bankruptcy. And that doesn't matter, even though it was, you know, they say it takes seven to ten years. It's over ten years, guys, but it's still affecting me. It's still affecting me. And I guess I could say the, that it almost goes without saying that probably the most effective way for Mr. Joe to avoid those out-of-control spending sprees is really to avoid those out-of-control hypomanic highs. But unfortunately, we don't always have control over that because reckless behavior is a common symptom of hypomania. And unfortunately, excessive spending is one of the most common types of recklessness that we engage in as bipolar people, quote-unquote. And for Mr. Joe, it's almost part of, I guess you could say, this mood shift, this impulsive behavior of spending while my judgment and my insight are completely impaired and compromised, where all I care about, it's just like 
I just want to buy things. I don't care whether it's, you know, I'm actually excited about the fact that my wife's birthday is coming up and Mother's Day is as well because I can't wait to go into the store and have a reason to buy things. The scariest thing of all is if I wait too long to go and buy those things, what ends up happening is when I crash, I don't even want to walk into a store. So as you can see, it's, um, it could become a bit of a, a nightmare. And ultimately, what we do with bipolar disorder, where we're in that hypomanic, excessive spending mode, is we ultimately underestimate that risk and overestimate our ability to do such things as actually earn money and then pay it back. For Mr. Joe, I say to myself, you know what? Man, you're so talented. You could go out and do anything you want. You make a few bucks here, make a few bucks there, sell this on this site, sell that on that site, and little do I know when the time comes and I have to actually get on my high horse and start making some of that money back so I could pay my debts. I have no desire to because I'm no longer hypomanic. And that's a very, very scary thing. Um, you know, I have... And just so everybody understands that there there was a time in the past that I racked up about $6,000 on a credit card in 24-hour period. And, and that's that's the God's honest truth. It's, um, you know, and that, that results in some serious consequences, everybody. I mean, it really, really does. And if I really think back to my life, even going back into my 20s, I got to tell you, I mean... During those euphoric episodes, even though I might not have been diagnosed with the bipolar disorder, I mean, I definitely had a spending problem then. Um, I would buy everything and anything, guys. I mean, and I've talked about this before. There was a time in my past when if the new cell phone came out, I couldn't get on that website quick enough and order that and have it shipped to my home. And it, it was almost like this overwhelming anxiety and urge to get that cell phone in my bed because usually you know in the past with the cell phones what we had to do was we had to redo all our contacts and put in all our information and things were a lot different back then than they are now I, I could tell you right now with my Samsung Galaxy I literally just hold them up to one another and the transfers over. I'll also tell you this, that I've had the same cell phone for years now. Just so everybody's aware, I think they're up to the Samsung Galaxy 10, and I'm still rocking and rolling with the 6, and I could care less. But I, I, I do remember back to that excitement, that overwhelming feeling is knowing that I ordered a new cell phone, and I couldn't wait to get it. And while this may seem like a typical thing, guys, it's not. Because what was Mr. Joe doing? He was ordering phones every three to six months. It was absurd. Absolutely absurd. And of course, if anything, I would spend lots of money on, you know, those those things that would make Mr. Joe feel better. Like whether it was, um, I don't know, waxing my back or getting a haircut or... Um, getting a massage or going out and eating, eating in expensive restaurants, whatever it was, it didn't matter to me. I didn't care. I didn't know any concept of money. So when that feeling 
comes back to Mr. Joe, it's very, very scary. And I have to tell you that the feeling's there now. The feeling is there. I'm trying my very best not to uh, engage in this. And I think a big part of why I won't is my ability to talk with everybody here. Um, It's almost given me that opportunity to talk through it. And I'm hoping that, you know, that it works. The other good thing is that my wife has recently started to go back to work. And if everybody recalls, there was a time when Mr. Joe would walk in the door and I would be handed the children and my wife would be out for hours working. Well, it's not hours anymore, but it's it's still not easy. It's definitely not easy. And, and I got to tell you, you, sh- you would think Mr. Joe would be used to this because my older kids were two years apart, and when I used to walk in the house, my ex-wife used to literally throw the kids at me, along with no dinner, no kiss hello, no eye contact, no acknowledgement of my existence, and I pretty much did the same thing back to her. Um, but I was always able, no matter what state of mind I was in, I was always able to care for my children and do what I needed to do, and now it almost gives me a little bit of anxiety knowing that the moment I walk in that house, she's going to be walking out, and I'm going to have a baby, another newborn baby in my arms, and then at the same time have to take care of my little two-year-old, and then um, I don't want to let it get too late because then i got to call my older kids as they're home with their mother. Um, So the whole thing has become extremely overwhelming for me although I have been able to deal with it over the last two days because Mr. Joe has been super hypomanic Mr. Joe so um, nothing seems impossible to Mr. Joe but man I can't I can't begin to tell you you know when when your wife has to be out at a certain place and you're on your way home and you're timing it perfectly and you know when you walk in the door she's going to leave and If you're late, she's going to be late, and that's going to cause her to come home later and the whole schedule to get messed up. up. You know when you're contemplating running into a store just to buy something, there's a big problem. And, you know, everybody, I probably have... I would think I probably have three or four flat-screen TVs packed away whether they're at my old residence where the witch lives or I have new ones or other ones in my newer residence where I live with my beautiful wife, they're packed away in boxes. They're, they're in closets. I mean, you're talking about somebody who just went out and for no reason bought TVs. I didn't even have places to hook them up. Bought TVs. I would buy memory cards. Back in the day, there was a there was a big thing, and we don't really utilize them anymore nowadays because all of our gadgets have so much storage space on them. But and obviously, we still could use them for computers. But you know, memory cards, micro SD cards, and memory cards, and this many gigabytes. And dear God, that's all I would do: buy USB flash drives, and I. I I look in my computer laptop bag and I cannot believe, and again, it goes back from several years ago, but I just can't believe how many damn electronic things that I purchased in my lifetime. I really can't believe it. 
sneakers like a madman. No concept of how much they costed, never really cared. I would buy the same pair in seven different colors. None of it mattered to me. And once again, Joe is in that hypomanic state of mind where, um, you know, that spending spree feeling has come into play. Um, I'll tell you one other good thing on a private note. Um, not that I was really struggling from a sexual standpoint, but I have to tell you, uh, whatever has gone on with Mr. Joe in the past, and I think what I'm referring to is there was a point in time where my moods, my medication, something just wasn't right and wasn't balanced out. Um, and while I never experienced erectile dysfunction, there was just this mood that came along with Mr. Joe's overall demeanor where I just didn't care and I didn't want to do anything sexually. And that feeling's gone, <laughs> which is a good thing, um, especially being in the fact that my, you know, my wife is now... Um, past the point of that pregnancy where you're not allowed to engage in sex or intercourse or whatever you want to call it. So uh, that's a good thing. But it's it's all part of, well, which I hope that is just something that's kind of rectified itself and it's not a component of the hypomania. Um, or if anything, it's just been a little enhanced because of the hypomania. But I want to hope that this feeling of, or these urges of, being sexually active and uh, with my wife, they don't go anywhere. Um, because to me, she's beautiful in every way, shape, and form. And our relationship is beautiful. Everything about our marriage is beautiful. But, you know, sometimes when that other component is missing, it's, it's not easy. And especially when you're a man and you don't care about that other component, that's even more devastating, especially to a female who just doesn't understand and someone like Mr. Joe who was an animal and I mean an absolute sexual animal and I'm sure many of you out there can relate to what Mr. Joe is talking about and I'm not going to get too down and dirty here but for those of you who have been where Mr. Joe has been in terms of a hypomanic or mania-induced sexual experience, whether there was drugs involved, no drugs. I mean, you might as well put us all in a porno movie because we were, we were good. We were good at what we did. And, um, you know, when we're medicated, we're not as good. But the, the good news here is that even being on that medication... Um, things have seemed to level out for Mr. Joe in terms of his overall sexual desires, which is a good thing. So what I'm saying is this hypomania really has made Mr. Joe feel like more of a man in every way, shape, and form, uh, more of a person, more of, a, of, a, of an individual who actually has a sense of, of being alive and being motivated and simply put not depressed and not miserable and not thinking about suicide because I am going to tell you guys something I was not suicidal last week um, but there were thoughts of it not actually committing it but thinking to myself and we've all been there done that that life would be better on earth without me for everybody involved and that doesn't mean that I was formulating a plan 
ultimately in the end my kids always come into my mind along with my wife because here's the God's honest truth being on medication I cannot imagine what my children would go through knowing that their father is no longer with them and made the choice to take himself away from everybody so um, very very interesting that Mr. Joe is feeling like this again and I guess the biggest thing that I'm fearful of is when that crash is going to happen and to be honest even if it's not a crash sometimes what's upsetting to me is the fact that eventually I'm going to go back to that mid-level that mid-level point that stable point where um, unfortunately life doesn't seem so great because of what we just experienced but I can only pray and hope that Mr. Joe doesn't go any higher than this where I become angry and irritable and mean or any lower than this when Mr. Joe is just feeling downright horrible about himself and about life about my job about pretty much everything um, so we're in a good place right now we're in a scary place because we all know where this might lead to but for the most part I have certainly made myself feel a heck of a lot better by speaking with our audience and talking with our family today because this is something that I absolutely need in order for us to um, get through these difficult moments. I have not uh, given out my email address in a very long time. I feel like it's almost something that's been forgotten. Um, I do have a ton of emails that I need to get to, and I apologize if I have not written you back yet. I promise you that I will be. Uh, for those of you who would like to reach out to me, it's MrJoeBP at Yahoo.com. I could also be found on Twitter at Mr. Bipolar Joe. And, and I know I don't ask for this, and if I have, maybe once or twice throughout a hundred and something episodes. If you guys have the extra time and you can, please give me a review. Uh, I just I ask that you do that. And it's not because I want all positive reviews, although that's really nice to see I just want to know how I'm doing I want to know how I'm doing because I know this I know I have a lot of new listeners I'm watching the statistics go up um, we got a lot going on our family is growing everybody really really growing and um, I could not be more proud to be a part of our family and still kicking everybody here we are, 100 and something episodes later, and Mr. Joe is still around, and you got that right. I am absolutely not going anywhere. If you are living with a mental illness and you're doing well, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to support that person in the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to fight continue to battle, and most importantly, soldier on. I missed you guys. I will be back. And uh, everybody have a great day. It's good to be back with the family. Thanks again for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Talk to you real soon.